You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porter Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. I mean, I just look at them as one of the best football teams in the league. I mean, I don't, I don't have any idea about all the other stuff. Um, the National Football League is... You know, you just you play the game on Sunday or Monday and you move on to the next game and you get ready to go and you put your best performance out there and that's what we expect them to do, 100%. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. Coming in right there with Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels talking about the Buffalo Bills and them coming in 0-1 and it's their season home opener, right? So you know that it's going to be a raucous crowd there. They're going to be fired up, ready to go and Joshua Daniels says, hey, one of the best teams in the National Football League, and there's no doubt about that. And we'll be talking all things Raiders and Bills. As a matter of fact, join us now on the phone lines is the two-time Super Bowl champ, former offensive lineman in the NFL. That's Max Starks, who's going to be on the sideline uh, for this game, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Kevin Harlan is going to be on the, the call along with Trent Green, so that should be a great broadcast. And, Max, thanks so much for your time. We definitely appreciate you this afternoon. And I'll say this, man, you got the best job being the sideline reporter. How much fun is it being on the field level, being able to report and, and, and speak on the game as it's going on? Well, you know, Q. I mean, it's about as close as you can you can get to being a combatant without having to really get it get in the thick of it. So I appreciate it. And as my once uh, great other sideline cohort, who's now in the booth, Craig Wolfley says, "I am a sideline non-combatant, but I will get combative if they come towards me." So <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy not to step across the white line, but if you do step across my yellow line. I, I can't get a little froggy, so I, I like that option. <laughs> I'm, hey, I'm not mad at you at all. And as a two-time Super Bowl champ, you've already earned that right. So that's a, that's a good thing right there. And before we get into this game, you know, Raiders and Bills, I wanted to ask you where you stand. Since you were in the league for a long time, you know what it's all about. Where do you stand on this turf versus grass situation? Uh, I've always heard players say that they much rather play on the grass. Well, and that's usually players who have played on grass that has not been in Green Bay or has not been, you know, up there in New York, in New England, when, when the weather absolutely dries out the grass and it literally becomes worse than turf. And the reason why New England was forced to get turf on their field because it was consistently ranked as the worst turf in the NFL by players. So, you know, I hear guys say that, but, you know, as the technology grows and gets better, I mean, just think about it. We had AstroTurf one day, which was literally glorified carpet. Yeah. Um, you had crowns on the field that literally I played in Dallas my rookie year. You sit on the sidelines and look out at the field, you're looking at guys' ankles because the crown was so distinct. Wow. So, you know, where we've come from to where we are, is it perfect? No. But you also think about some of the geographic uh, geographical limiting factors such as weather. Unless you're in an indoor dome where you have climate control, you can control all the parameters, you know, it's tough to say, oh, my gosh, we need to have, um, you know, natural grass everywhere. Look at the Cardinals, for example. Like, they have a rollout tray that comes out, mm-hmm. you know, like a Petri dish for this turf. And look how look how slick it was for the Super Bowl. Right. You know, so yeah. there's, no, there's no exact science. And I think, you know, for people, like, it, it's a limiting factor to limit to one thing. I mean, I love what, you know, I was down at Nissan a couple weeks ago in, in, in Nashville, 
and they have this new helix um, design for the grass that makes it spring up, and they use cork and coconut shells, uh, more biodegradable, friendly, less tire in your in your eyes type of flex coming up off the ground. So, I mean, you see they're trying to do something different. I, I personally don't care. As long as there's a ball, there's lines, and there's zebras on the field, we're going to play football. I'm not worried about now. I have to worry about my shoes, but that's why I come out in pregame. Check my shoes, check my grip, and then when I come out to play, when all the fans are in there, let's get it down. Let's get it down. Exactly right. Again, Max Starks is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness will be on the sidelines for Bills and Raiders come Sunday. So when you're standing on the sidelines, that game kicks off. That's the season home opener for the Buffalo Bills coming off a tough loss on Monday night against the Jets. What do you think? Do you, do you anticipate the Bills coming out and trying to punch the Raiders in the mouth immediately? Well, I think you have to. You have to at least try it because the sins of last year have already crept into this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you think about the last time the Bills were at home and how they got decimated and beat up up front by the Cincinnati Bengals, they ran the ball down their throat and they could not do that. And this has been an issue with the Buffalo Bills has been, you know, can you establish a run? Does it always have to be all on Josh Allen um, to pass, to rush for you? And we've seen that he cracks under the pressure. So if they can't establish that run game early against the Raiders, it's going to be another long day for them where once things start to start to get a little bad, guys, it's in the back of their mind already. They're going to have that, oh, my God, here we go again, type of mentality in the back of their mind. And that's going to grow as you see more and more adversity and you don't see the successes to temper down that thought in your mind. You know, talk about all the turnovers that Josh Allen's plagued with uh, the last couple seasons for sure. You know, and, and I wonder, Max, why don't the Bills have a dedication to the run game and not have Josh Allen try to be that guy? Why don't they try to do something else instead of feel like they put it all on the shoulders of, uh, of Josh Allen? Does it seem like Buffalo, they share a little bit of this responsibility as well? I think they do, but I also think it comes down to the commitment to the run. Yeah. Um, you know, this offensive line, they, they they shoot themselves in the foot as well. I mean, let's, let's not put it all on Josh Allen, like you said, yeah. or the coaches. The offensive line also has to come out and demand it and go out and prove it as well. If they're losing blocks, if they're jumping off sides, if they're getting holding penalties that puts you behind the sticks before you can really even get into a rhythm, those things also happen. And we've seen the penalties mount up for this group where you don't see the, the discipline in place to have a committed approach to the run game. So that's where you have to make that decision. Personnel, man-to-man as a player on the field, are we going to get it right so that we can have this option and we don't have to put as much pressure on Because I can tell you this, as a former offensive lineman, I love to go forward. I don't right. love to go backwards. I want right. to hit somebody as opposed to react and not get hit. That, that's just how we are as a nature. And so as offense, we want to do it, but you also have to have five guys on the same page that all collectively throw that fist and make sure they make contact instead of five fingers trying to come across the face. Right, exactly. So what will you be <laughs> – slap, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Max Starks is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So what will your keys be? What will you be standing on the sideline? What will you be looking for in this matchup? 
Well, I, I think one of the biggest things you always look for is, is energy, right? I mean, you can feel it. It's palpable. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's an electricity in the air, that frenzied type of nervous anxiety mixed with desire. That's a feel that you get from being on the sidelines. You can tell when teams have it and when they don't. And so that's what you're looking for. It's, a, it's just the, the amount of focus that's in a guy's eyes to not be deterred, almost to have blinders on whatever's going on around them. They're focused on the task. They're not glad handing. They're not, they're not, you know, trying to do the thing. Now I know guys will have their own swag, right? You know, you have your own little daps and everything else and your pregame ritual. But when that ball kicks off and you're lined up on the sidelines waiting to take the field, what do you look like in those moments? And then, when you do take the field, are you taking the field? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's, it's a certain – it's not necessarily, oh, my God, i got to go run 100 miles an hour and get to the spot before everybody else. But there's intention in it, Q. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you could tell when somebody's intentional in what they want to do, right? You know, when you see that boxer, when you see Iron Mike with the gloves right below his eyes and he comes out from the corner, you know exactly what he's going to do. There's no question. There's no if ands, or buts about – what is Mike Tyson coming to do? Right. Mike Tyson is coming to F everything up and then leave. <laughs> like right. that's just, and so you want to see that from your offensive line. That's the mentality and your defensive lines. Like they give you the fuel for that because the lines are the heartbeat of the team. As your line goes, so does the rest of your squad, right? If your offensive line is blocking everything up, guess what? Your quarterback can pass. Your running back can run through holes. He has enough time to get to the receiver so they can break off of whatever the defensive schematic is. And vice versa, your defensive line, they're penetrating and blowing up double teams, getting in the backfield, forcing the quarterback off of his point. All those things breed rhythm and cadence of a game. So you want to make sure that those guys are involved and they're, and they're locked in. The Raiders, they left uh, – as soon as they, they won in Denver, they came back to Vegas for a quick second, then took off to West Virginia and started preparing for this game. How much does that help them, if any, in your opinion, you know, being on – you know, in West Virginia, getting used to the time zone, getting used to the air in preparation instead of having to travel east or west to east to go to this game for Sunday? I mean, you know, the body clock is the body clock. I mean, yes, you can try and prevent it you know, and, and have like these kind of elongated type of trips. Um, but I mean, it's just a quick trip. I mean, Vegas to Buffalo is about what? 420, about four hours, 20 minutes, maybe yeah. four and a half hours at the most. Yeah. Um, it's a one o'clock kick, which is a 10 a.m. body clock time. I don't know if it really makes that much of a difference, but some coaches have that, have that fear or that belief or that ideology about, oh my gosh, we got to be in this. We got to prep for this. Cause I remember, coming to the then Oakland Raiders and we flew in two days before we got in on a Friday, stayed two days, played the game on Sunday and got our bus absolutely kicked. And the body clock did not matter. Uh, (laughs) And then then I remember also going to LA or going to San Diego, play the chargers. We flew in day before normal routine, blah, blah, blah. And we had a good game. So, I mean, it depends on who your coach is and what they want to accomplish. You know, I, I, I'm personally of the thought that I would rather have as much time at home as possible since mm-hmm. I do have to leave versus staying away, the coordination. And then, of course, now i got to figure out the food I want. You know, what, right. if, what if I, you know, want to have my favorite place I go every Wednesday? But now that's taken out because of this game, i got to now go and try and find a place in Greenbrier, West Virginia. 
Right. You know, I gotta go. I gotta go wear a suit and tie if I want to go to a nice restaurant. Whereas, if I'm at home in Vegas, guess what? Gaston knows my name. I can <laughs> I can wear my clothes and go sit at my table, walk through the back door. We good. Yeah. And it's, and it's a lot of it. You have every variety there. You're a victim to whatever you want. Say you are vegan. Well, hey, I prefer this type of tempa tofu or this type of meal prepared because my I, I hired a personal chef that cooks my meals. Now I'm left to okay. Let's just eat the vegetable medley that's in that's in the uh, in a little chafing dish at the buffet hall. I mean, it just it just takes you out of your routine. And I've always been a proponent of that. That hey, listen, we're flying in to do a job. Now if we're going to London, we're going to Germany. It's an international game. It's a little bit different, right? But home games, unless you are Seattle, who is always flying the furthest miles year in and year out, no matter what division they're playing. That's a different story, but for most teams, if you're in a centralized location, I think day of day before your routine that's there, I would be more happy with that. You mentioned earlier about the Bills and their offensive line, and of course the Raiders have Mad Max Crosby, who's really, I mean, he's become a household name, quick, fast, in a hurry. What do you think that chess match would look like, Max Crosby versus that, that uh, Bills offensive line? Well, I, I think, you know, Max, one of the things that, that makes him um, – so great outside of his first name uh, <laughs> is the fact that you know his tenacity. You know he's he's a guy that does not give up on a play, but he also he has some great instincts, right? Like he'll he'll get you moving to the outside, and if he feels that balance shift, he can then quick over swim move to the inside, and he gives you a variety of of moves where you have to be consummate in your technique as an offensive lineman. And I think when you look at this offensive line for the Bills. They had problems against the Jets. It was jailbreak-free um, in a lot of situations because that Jets defense just kept coming after them in waves and in different ways. And the way that you know, I think the Raiders can establish pressure, you have to get a little more creative. You have to use a little bit more stunt. You're going to have to start slanting and bringing what we call a lion stunt. That means bringing Will Backer off the edge when you have everybody slanting in one direction. Um, you're going to have to create that because that's been one of the biggest Achilles heels is that outside of Max Crosby, there's no additional pressure consistently. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. And you thought we were, and you, and you thought you were going to get it with Chandler Jones and whatever that situation is, is that situation. I can only focus on the guys that are present and they're right. accounted for. Yep. But you know, that's, that, that's what's always kind of been missing over the last decade really for the Raiders defense is having consistent pressure and now that you have Max, I have to believe Buffalo's going to use body presence, right? You're going to see Dalton Knox over there on the corner. You're going to see Chip presence off the edge to kind of slow Max off because they're like, if you can slow Max Crosby, we might have a shot. Right. And that's where the rest of your squad has to really kick up and really create some things. So I think if, if the defense can get a little more creative with their twist game, their slant game, and some of the stunts to create that pressure out of a four-man and a five-man situation at the most, so you can keep guys in depth against Stephon Dix, Gabe Davis, Dalton Knox, and company. You will ha- you'll have a successful day, but it really comes down to them actually applying those type of principles. Yeah, that's going to be a heck of a matchup. I, I want to see how it shakes out. Max, obviously, to do his thing, but who else is going to step up and compliment Max Crosby and get that pressure that you're talking about? Final question for you. We'll get you out on this. Jimmy G, it uh, seems like all he does is win. It's not the prettiest all the time, but he just seems like all he does is win. What is it about Jimmy Garoppolo that just puts him in that position to be that winner? Well, I think, I think he has the trust of the guys, right? He has the cachet, he has the experience, and he has the name where – 
people of trust because they've seen it, right? He came from New England. San Francisco, he's led to an NFC championship game. They've been to a Super Bowl. So he has the cachet in the bank that if he does speak, guys listen. And also, he's a guy that's not going to tell anybody not to do what he's not prepared to do himself. And I think that's kind of the whole Missouri process, right? Like, hey, I'm from Missouri. The show me state. Go ahead, show me. If you're going to tell me, show me. And I think Jimmy G lives by that ethos. I think that makes it for an easier buy-in for the rest of his teammates because like, oh, shoot, he's doing it? Well, you know what? I got to listen. I got to do it too because that means he's not too good to do that. We've seen that way too many times where guys are held out. They're held to a different standard. You know, there's exceptions to this rule because of who they are. And when you come in with a humble mentality and you have humility – you get you get closer and you gain things a lot faster when it comes from a team performance standpoint. And I think that's the, one of the greatest attributes that Jimmy G brings to the table is that he is that guy that's not that, that's willing to get his elbows dirty, that's willing to do the greasy stuff and make sure that guys know that hey, you can trust me on game day, and I need to be able to trust you. So if we're gonna get greasy, let's get greasy together. Right, right. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Great breakdown. Max, thanks so much, man. Have a great call on Sunday. Definitely appreciate you taking a few minutes of your time this afternoon and, and hanging out with us. No worries. Thank you. I will wait for the text for about next week, too, for coming to Vegas as the Steelers, too. So Nice. I will, I will wait for that one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you already know. It's already lined up. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Be blessed. Have a good weekend. All right, you too, brother. Appreciate you. There he goes. Max Starks, two-time Super Bowl champion, and you heard him. He's going to be headed to Vegas next week for the Steelers game. That was a good, good one. I'm looking forward to that one, too, the home opener, the season open openers for the Silver and Black. Going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's going to be good. So, hey, Max Starks will be on the on the show again next week. I, I like that. Good stuff from him. Again, a two-time Super Bowl champ. He'll be representing ESPN Radio. Got a couple texts that I want to get to real quick. Uh, 69187, keyword R&R, 702-365-9200. How are you feeling about this game, Raiders? How, how's this game coming to you? Like, like, are you feeling like I am where everyone's picking the Bills to win this game? And so it's, it's kind of one of those, wait a minute, Everybody can't be picking the Bills. Someone's got to be wrong with the silver and black, right? So anytime I see that, I always start to question myself. And, hell, I picked the Bills to win this game. So just kind of want to know what your thought is. Again, 69187, keyword R&R, 702 Of course, we got Lincoln Kennedy coming up at 330. He'll give you the Raiders side of things as he'll be in the booth with Jason Horowitz. We got a text from Big Dub Raider. What's up? Afternoon, fellas. Thanks, Ari, for that Nas playback track. Today is his 50th birthday, and I got a new album coming out tonight. Magic 3, the end to a great uh, six-album run. Go Raiders. I thought, and that's from Big Dub Raider, I thought Nas just came out with something the other day. Didn't Nas just drop something the other day? Did you see that? He, he's been doing all kinds of stuff. He's he's knocking out albums like he's like he's yeah. 20 again. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, man, I didn't realize he just dropped another one. I, I could have sworn. I will take another L since this is all all day long thing with the Tupac. I, I that was uh, one I had in the uh, can already, so it wasn't wasn't, okay. wasn't premeditated. But I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, that's right. I'm glad he, he mentioned the Magic Three. Myself. He mentioned the Magic Three. I have in my collection the Magic Two. So there you go. <laughs> So now that's that's now it makes sense. He's like you said, and he said he's dropping all kind of tracks left King's, and right. So. King's disease, I believe. He had three parts. So yeah, yeah he's yeah. cooking. He's yeah, cooking. he's cooking with grease. I'm okay with that. Big Dub Raider, thanks for that text. I appreciate you. Uh, Poncho said, "Q, 
I'm, uh, I'm taking the Raiders. I'm expecting a big game from number eight and Zamir White. The defense will have a good game, and Jimmy G will run a two-minute drill down the field for a Daniel Carlson field goal, which will secure the win 30-27. to Boy, he even called the, the score 30-27. to I'm telling you, every time I look up and I see that everybody and their mothers pick a Buffalo, I'm thinking, man, something's not right. Right? Anytime. And my man, my man PE in North Carolina actually hit me up and said, Q, that uh, that logic only works when the when the Raiders are favorite. Right? When the Raiders are favorite and everyone picks the Raiders to win, you know it's a guarantee that they're gonna take an L. But I really do feel like there's no way that this team can just be, you know, just be counted out by every single person out there, every single outlet out there, and then it, it holds true. Like I feel like I'm missing something. And again, I'm putting that on me. So I uh, love to hear the feedback. Definitely appreciate it. Raider James hit us up. In the NFL, last year does not count. Bills gave up 172 yards on the ground the first game, plus four turnovers. Allen had nobody open and forced throws. They have no run game and only have digs to throw to. The Raiders should have 200 plus yards on the ground. Our defense will have covered sacks in the beginning, followed by a couple picks. Raiders 33, Bills 16. That's from Raider James. And yeah, the Bills gave up 172 yards on the ground, but remember, 83 of them came on one play. So I like to sometimes take the, the one big play out of it and look at the whole grand scheme of things. So, yeah, they gave up 172, and that was bad that they gave up the 83-yarder to Brees Hall, but I kind of take that out of it. And, you know, they do have Stephon Diggs, right? We all know that. But they have Gabe Davis. He's there as well, right? They're, they're tied in. They went out there and got the, uh, the rookie, uh, what, Kincaid, Dalton Kincaid. He's, he's, he's a guy that could play. I mean, they got some weapons out there, so it's not like they're void of talent. There's a reason why a lot of people thought that they were going to be one of those teams up there at the very end of when it's all said and done to be making a run deep in the playoffs. So I, I think that they've got more talent than you're giving them credit for, but still should be a heck of a game. And on top of that, it's their season home opener, right? That, that crowd is going to be lathered up and ready to go. Uh, let's see. We got a text from Josh from the 619. Yo, Q, Josh from the 619. If I'm the Raiders, I'm seeing everyone pick against them. That's whiteboard material to say, okay, let's go show the world they're wrong about this Raiders team. They took Denver last week, and now the Bills. Let them keep that energy and let us keep going out and showing the world what we're really about. If we follow in the Jets' footsteps and game plan similarly, I see no reason why we don't beat the Bills or at least have a chance to kick the game-winning field goal to win by one to three points. That's Josh from the 619. And that was my point on the on the podcast this morning. Like, I picked them to, to lose the game, but I don't think that they're going to lose by double digits. I just don't. And maybe on Monday I'm like, well, I was wrong. They lost by two touchdowns. Maybe that's the case. Maybe I'm just way off, right? We'll have Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. He'll join the show tomorrow, and uh, he'll talk about the Raiders and Bills and having them as a nine-and-a-half-point underdog. Maybe uh, he sees something a little bit differently, but I just don't expect them to lose by double digits. I think they'll keep it close, and as we all know, over the years of watching Raider football, if they're close in the end, there's a chance that they could pull it out, right? There's definitely a chance. And I think that this team has shown and showed in, in week one against Denver that there's, they have a certain skill set to get it done. To be able to salt away five minutes and eight seconds and never even give the ball back to the Broncos, that, that was something. That meant something. That was a big deal. So I think that, that that's an element of it. I also think if they have to go down the field and, and like you said, try to kick a game-winning field goal, they can. They've got one of the best kickers in the game in Daniel Cash Money Carlson. So you know that he's going to have an opportunity if, as long as they get him, get him where they need to be. Right? Jacoby Myers, who I mentioned, did not practice. He's in concussion protocol. I get it. He probably won't play this week, you know, just based off of having a clear concussion protocol. But this might be a day that Hunter Renfro steps up in a major way. Right? I mean, Hunter Renfro only had 13 snaps in week one, had no targets. So 
this might be where that wide receiver depth really kicks in. They need to have that depth at the wide receiver position. They do have it. Who else is going to step up? You know 17 is there. You know what he's going to be able to bring to the table. Can 13 join the party? Can Mayer, can he join into the party? That would be a good one to see Michael Mayer get involved. Austin Hooper came up with a big catch uh, on, on Sunday. That was important. But, uh, yeah, we, we, we need to see what's going to happen with uh, other, uh, other wide receiver not named Devontae Adams. Someone else is going to have to step up. Real quick, let's go out to the phone lines. We got Lincoln Kennedy coming up in a few minutes, but we got time for my guy Raider X. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, brother. I'll make it short and quick. Uh, hey, so I really want to commend you guys on the mix of information. I like that, you know, he brought uh, Vinny in to give you some insight and kind of, you know, uh, give some, uh, some validity to uh, – some of the, the stories, stories going out there and give insight. Really cool. And then I also wanted to chime in on your your last uh, guest, uh, Max Starks, on talking about, you know, going out there to Western Virginia. I think it's a really good idea. And the reason being is because it's kind of a carryover from uh, training camp and seeing, you know, some of the things that they need to work on. And really, like, like you said, there's nothing to do out there in West Virginia. Yeah. And you're going to get these guys like the Max Crosby. That's what I'm really cool, jacked about. Him getting in the ear of, of Wilson, and yeah. me and how you know, and working these little things out, getting that those those nuances, and getting that schoolroom training, and because they're going to their their hotel room, so you're going to get a lot of guys bonding, getting some things worked out, working on the small things, fixing that one and zero start, and making it shine. Right now, that machine is there. Let's tune it up a bit, and and I think that's the difference in the game. Like like uh, Josh Jacob said. You know, hey, I'm there. I just got to work out a few steps. I got a few reads I wasn't doing. These are just, you know, polishing it up. I think that we're on the right position, and I think that, you know, you're, that Lincoln can talk on that. I'm really excited, man. This is, I think we're right there on the turn of that corner, and I, and I do believe if they do win, they're going to be in people's mouths. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm stoked, brother. I like it. I like it. I agree. I do think if the Raiders pull off this victory on, uh, on Sunday and start the season 2-0, and Heading back to the house, yeah, I think they're definitely going to be in a lot of people's minds, right? And I think a lot of people are going to be talking about them. And uh, I don't know what excuse people will give them for winning because I know that there will be some excuses out there. They'll probably give the Bills more more props as far as, well, you know, Josh Allen this or Josh Allen that or there's trouble in paradise. Stephon Diggs is upset. They'll probably say that, but there will be some conversations that be had. Trust and believe there will be people out there saying, yeah, but hold on. Watch out for that team. In the silver and black. 326 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Raider X, thanks for that call. We appreciate you. Coming up next, we'll go back to the broadcast booth. Another offensive lineman, and that's our guy. That's our buddy, former Raider offensive lineman. He's a tag team partner of Jason Horowitz as Lincoln Kennedy. He joins us next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas-area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. Southern boys today. Let's go. Let's get it. Week one, man. Another day in the office. Another day in the office. Let's go. Let's go. Come on, man. I get chills every time this happen, bro. Every game. It's an honor and a blessing to be here, man. What's up, bro? I can't wait to get hit for the first time. We need you. Four hey. quarters, kid. Hey, hey. it's your first time in this man. Let them know what kind of player you're going to be. Come on, man. 
Raiders color analyst Lincoln Kennedy is live on Unnecessary Roughness right now on Raider Nation Radio. And we're joined by the big fella Lincoln Kennedy here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. And Lincoln, appreciate your time as always, my man. The Raiders are off to a 1-0 start. They're on the road for the second week in a row, taking on the Buffalo Bills. How big of a game can this be for the Raiders they come out with a victory on this one? Oh, it's absolutely huge. First of all, it's good to be with you, Q. Um, I would say this. You know, when you look at the schedule and you took in consideration the first month of football, obviously you're scratching your head like, man, where can we come out at record after the first week? I mean, first month. And, you know, the first four games are nothing to be scoffed at. If they can take on one of the better, consider the better contenders in the AFC on the road in a hostile environment, uh, and able to come away with a victory, it would do a lot to boost their confidence moving forward. You know, Jason Horowitz said uh, earlier this week with JT and myself that he feels like they really have to survive that initial 15 minutes, that punch in the mouth. Do you see it that way as well? Like Buffalo's going to come out, hair on fire, especially after that loss to the Jets on Monday night? Well, here's the thing. I will say this. When you look at that game against the Jets, you realize that the Jets didn't necessarily win it as a more the Bills lost it with yeah. their four turnovers, right? Yep. So yeah, there's going to be a person that's going to come out definitely with a little bit more fire in his engine, and that's going to be Josh Allen. Now, we right. know what he's capable of, and we've obviously seen what he's been able to do to the Raiders in the past, so that's nothing that they can take for granted. But to, to go and play in one of the more hostile environments and, and probably one of the, you know, next to the Raider Nation, considered one of the greatest sports fans, um, it's going to be a tough task, and you're talking about a pretty damn good team. So yeah. this is a definitely good gauge for yourself. Right, exactly. And, you know, Lincoln, one of the things that Coach McDaniels and the rest of the coaching staff has preached all offseason, all training camp, all preseason, is creating turnovers and getting their hands on the ball. And, well, Josh Allen showed that he'll put the ball in harm's way on Monday night. The Raiders got to go make plays when they have the opportunity. You saw the Raiders up close and personal during training camp. You think they got the guys and the mentality to go get that ball like they're going to need to have? I do, but they're going to have to have others contribute. You know, you can't yeah. just depend on Max Crosby to generate pressure. You're going to have to get some pressure from the other side, whomever it may be, whether, you know, it's Kuntz or anybody else. They've got to get some pressure over from over there. More importantly, you've got to be able to be aggressive with coverage. You know, you've got Marcus Peters out there, but your safeties are going to be put on an island and tested by the slot receivers, the inside routes, as well as their, the, their new acquisition, Dalton Kincaid, who's a pretty good damn tight end. So mm -hmm. offensively, they are going to be challenged. Defense, and defensively, the same thing. But the thing is, is that the Raiders have got to have other – all your stars have got to stand up for a game like this. You need contributions from everyone to pull away from, with a victory. Jerry Tillery came up with a sack on, on Sunday against Denver, and he's yeah. a guy that I've had my eyes on because he's been real quiet at training camp, but I feel like he's just going to make an impact and already coming out the gates with the sack. How big of a player do you think Jerry Tillery could be moving forward for the Silver and Black? Former first-round draft choice, so someone thought very highly of him. The Chargers did when they drafted him. He does have potential. But, again, I've always been reluctant to use that word potential because if yeah. it's never used, it's never expected. You know what I mean? You, you, never, you never see it. It's just like, oh, it's a waste of talent. But I, like, he's one of those guys that I was talking about that have to step forward and use this opportunity to make a name for themselves. Look, as we go through this season, everyone's going to be talking about number 98 on defense, Max Crosby. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to be talking about Marcus Peters for what he did establish himself you know, prior to coming to the Raiders. You know, th those stars are going to be there. 
but what happens to the guys who are lesser known or aren't as you know as, as much of a standout? How much of an impact can they have? I think Tillery is one of those guys you can definitely see trying to take advantage of them because the thing about the Buffalo Bills, and we saw this from the Jets, they were able to generate pressure with their front four, but they were very lane disciplined with with Josh Allen, and that's what you got to be if you got if you're going to rush front four. You've got to be lane disciplined. And what I mean by that is you've got to understand that the two outside guys are going to try to corral him to force him up in the pocket. And the two inside guys, if you're rushing forward, have got to push that pocket to collapse it, not give him an escape route. Because we've seen in the past, he's not afraid to run. No, he's not. He's going to run a lot, right? I mean, he's the guy. He's their main running back, really. I mean, he's the quarterback, but he's their main threat when it comes to the run game. Again, Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And does it ever blow your mind that Buffalo doesn't have a more of a commitment to the run game and they allow Josh Allen to, to be put in harm's way as much as they do? No, it's not that because they have had shown a commitment with their running backs they've had in the past, and especially what they got now. Um, to, to, to run the football. It's only been Josh Allen's decision-making that he, he feels pressure, he feels that he can make a play with his legs that he decides to take off. That's a little bit different. It's not on the play yeah. calling. That's on the more or less the play execution. What about Tyree Wilson? He was a little slow or looked like he was anticipating quite a bit on Sunday against Denver. How can he get away from that and just put his head, head back, peel his head back and go? I'm not surprised. I mean, to be honest with you, Q, it's, it's like when, you, when you're, you're trying to bring a guy along slowly because of an injury and mm-hmm. he doesn't play that much, he only gets a few snaps in, in, the, first, in the last preseason game where it's kind of garbage snaps, um, and then you're going up against Premier Talon when you start the, the first week in the NFL. I mean, it, I'm not surprised. I'm not expecting big things out of him right away. Sure, right. it would be nice if he had a Micah Parsons immediate impact. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It would yeah. be nice to talk about it, nice to see. But let's just come to terms with what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a first-round pick that coming off of a severe injury out of college. The Raiders knew about the injury. They knew they were going to have to bring them bring them on along slowly. They felt that they had enough depth where they could afford to do that. But he's another one of those guys, Q, that I think that if he stands up and makes a name for himself, it would be on a premier stage. And this would definitely be one that would stand out for me. Yeah, no, this it would stand out for me as well. And, again, if he can help the Raiders improve the 2-0 before they ever even play in Allegiant Stadium this season, that would be a really big deal. Again, Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920. Looking forward to this game, Raiders and Broncos – or Raiders, excuse me, and Bills. What do you think about the offensive line? They graded really well by Pro Football Focus. They kept Jimmy G clean. Jermaine Illuminor and Thayer Mufford kind of split reps on that right side. How do you feel this offensive yeah. line has developed so far this season? I still think it's a work in progress. I don't mm-hmm. think you've seen the, the final product just yet. But that being said, you know, just a little bit of uh, tutelage. The thing is, is that when it comes to sacks, it's not just always on the offensive line. It's right. a commitment by the quarterback, the receivers, everybody to get open and do their job, and the quarterback to get rid of the ball. And the good thing about Jimmy G, because he has that experience, especially in this offense, he knows that he has a certain timing to have. He knows where to go with the football pre-snap read, and he knows how to get rid of the football. That aids to the offensive line. What I would like to see them do a little bit better, and I know that the Broncos made a commitment in shutting down number eight Josh Jacobs last week because he's torched him so much in the past. But what I would like to do is have them be more effective in the running game in order to be balanced because the key to keeping that potent offense off the field, the Bills, is to keep the time of possession and run the football and have a balanced attack as you march down and get points. I feel like that this has got to be a game where Josh Jacobs, I know it's only his second game back, 
But I feel like this is a game he's got to be a big factor in. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I, I, would, I would like to see it. I mean, I'm not putting all the illness on him. I think the thing is, right. is that, you know, depending on how they do it, because they're, the Bills are light and thin at linebacker. If you imagine them bringing in Jakob Johnson in the fullback, they're going to have to address that either with a safety, an extra man in a hole, or a bigger linebacker or a full, you know, full set because they can't expect their linebackers to stand up to Jakob Johnson coming on ISOs and blasts. But you know the Raiders are going to try it. So, right. But it, it, it's, not, it's not all on Josh Jacobs. What we've seen in the past, we've seen him make some moves, especially in the hole, uh, and make people miss. And I don't mind his running attitude because he's always pushing forward. But there's going to be times where you've got to understand teams are going to start scheming him especially what he did last year. And you're going to have to address it. You're going to have to make adjustments as you go along with this. You know, Josh, uh, Josh McDaniels and his coaching staff are going to have to make adjustments because teams are going to see, when they see number eight in the backfield, whether it's a tight end or the Occam Johnson or something, they're going to have to load the box. They know the Raiders like to run out of that formation. Yeah, they do. And I'm excited to see what it looks like. I'm excited to see how they build off their victory that they had in Denver in week one. And Lincoln, you've always told me when you play with Rich Gannon, it didn't matter what the play was. Sometimes it just wasn't there. And he would see some green grass and he'd go get it, right? He'd go attack it or even sometimes change the play and realize it'd be open and he'd go attack it with his legs. Jimmy G picked up the game clinching first down to end the game by his legs uh, in Denver. How huge was that that Jimmy is given that ability and, and is willing to go and get, pick up those eight or nine yards to seal the deal in a victory like he did on Sunday? Well, that's, that's how you garner respect in the locker room, really. I mean, that's how you win over your offensive line. That's how it won me over with Rich Gannon. You know? So um, the thing is, is that we who know the history of, of Jimmy G kind of cringe when we see him coming out. Ooh, 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 get down, slide, you know, get out of bounds because we don't want him to, to get injured now. I mean, I remember the year in Denver, not Denver, San Francisco, where he was running out and running down the sidelines, and then he ended up hurting himself and was, you know, done for quite some time, if not the rest of the year. So it's one of those things that you kind of cringe, but you like to see because you you admire the initiative, you admire the desire to win, and more importantly, you admire that the fact that he's not scared and he willing he's willing to do the extra things to, to help the team to have success. We didn't see much from Michael Mayer, the rookie tight end. We didn't see anything, really, from Hunter Renfro. He only had 13 snaps. Do you think, especially if Jacoby Myers is out with the concussion, those two guys could be big-time factors this week? I, I, I kind of expect it to be. I think you're going to have to rely, and that's one of the reasons why you have so much depth, the reason why you drafted you know, Mayer and stuff like that. But the thing is, I think you've got to have to bring him along slowly, too, because we don't really know what his role is. We know mm-hmm. the expectations are. And I've covered the guy a couple times when he was at Notre Dame in college, but don't really know what his role is going to be on the team. I still have to see more of his ability to block the perimeter and help fill up the perimeter. I think that's a work in progress. But as far as the route running and route distribution, look, this team has no shortage of talent when it comes to it. When Jacoby Myers out, you're going to have to rely on other people. Maybe we'll see a little bit more of Hunter. Who knows? But they've got the weapons. they just got to find a way to get them involved in the game plan. How impressed were you with the, the uh, connection between Jimmy G and Jacoby Myers on Sunday? I, I thought it was impressive because it's something that we saw in training camp. Yeah, There's going to be so much focus on Don, Devontae Adams, and, and rightfully so. And Devontae is still a capable receiver. You don't want to ignore him. But you definitely want to open up the possibility to your other receivers, your other threats, because you want to give opposing defenses more to prepare for when they're about to see it, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you yeah. don't have as much out. You don't want to just rely on number 17 or you rely on number 8 or rely on number 13 when you get down in the red zone. You want to have the ability to stretch the field, 
show as many versatile effects and many versatile uh, formations and positions that you can and show how versatile your quarterback is capable of just not eyeballing that one primary receiver and able to go through his progression and still give it to the ball in a timely fashion. Again, we're speaking with Lincoln Kennedy here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. We'll get you out with this. I wanted to ask your thoughts on the, the turf and the grass. We know the Raiders play on grass. They played on grass in Oakland, playing grass in Allegiant Stadium. There's a lot of conversation because of the Aaron Rodgers uh, torn Achilles about the turf and how bad it is on the body. What was your preference when you were playing? Oh, definitely grass. Yeah. Without a doubt. Definitely grass. I, look, I, I, go, I go back. I'm, I'm old. So I go back <laughs> to Astrodome, Veteran Stadium, uh, the O three uh, rivers in Pittsburgh. I go back to some of the worst turf fields ever known to professional sports. So believe you when I t- believe me when I tell you, I prefer grass as much as possible. And even when I played in Atlanta, I hated being in the Georgia Dome because I hated that damn turf. I prefer grass. Yeah, no, I, I hear a lot of players say that, you know, that, that they prefer grass. And then I hear some players linking that's like, hey, I was actually faster on the turf, so I was good. And those are normally wide receivers or running backs. But uh, just yeah. do, you, do you think there's ever a time when, when the stadiums are going to go back to all grass, or do you think the turf is here to stay? I, you know, I think the turf is here to stay because there it's, been, it's, been, it's evolved over the generations. You know, the, yeah. you, now you talk about the, the, the turf they played on last Monday night at, at, at the MetLife Stadium. You know, they've got those those rubber pellets, those fine tires graded, shredded up, mm-hmm. and, the, and the tall turf grass that kind of gives a little bit more. Look, injuries are going to happen, whether it's on grass or turf. You can make the claim. But if, if turf is not going anywhere, because let's face it, when the weather gets bad, you can't have turf in cold weather places. I mean, you can't have grass, I should say. Right, I you can't you. have a grass in Buffalo when it gets, when it gets cold. I've played in Kansas City when it snowed and get icy around New Year's Day, and that's not, that's not grass. That's just a frozen mud pot. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's dirt. So, you know, it, it doesn't work well for it going that way. So turf is here to stay just like grass is here to stay, but I know, I, in my estimation, more players prefer grass. Yeah, there's no doubt. I'm, I'm sure that that's the, the overall feeling across the National Football League. Well, Lincoln, great catching up with you, my man. I definitely appreciate you. What college game are you calling before you're uh, off to Buffalo on Sunday? Utah-Weaver State on Saturday. Oh, okay. There you go. That'll work. little college action, and then boom, they get, the, uh, get the, the real meal deal thing with Buffalo and, uh, and the Raiders in Buffalo. Season home opener for them, so you know the crowd's going to be fired up, ready to go. Oh, yeah. Hey, no, no pressure, Lincoln, but just bring home a victory, okay? <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me. It's a hard place to play. I've been there many times. Good talking to you, Q. Have a good weekend, brother. Hey, you too, my man. Appreciate you. Lincoln Kennedy, the great Lincoln Kennedy here with us on Radio Nation Radio 920, kind of scatter shooting all things the game and then had to ask him a little turf and grass question because, again, that has been a massive conversation. And, of course, it's been a huge conversation since Aaron Rodgers, after four plays on Monday night, tears his Achilles and is out for the season. And at 39 years old, he'll be 40, a little over 40 by the time he tries to come back because it sounds like he's going to try to come back. That's going to be a tough, tough task. Tough rehab assignment, but Aaron Rodgers says, or at least it seems like he says, he's going to try to do it. 3.46 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, get to your calls and texts, close out hour number two of the show just like that. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Many thanks to the guy, Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders Color Commentary. Join us in the last segment. Fantastic stuff. If you ever miss any of the conversations that we have on Unnecessary Roughness, JT The Brick Show, The Morning Tailgate, 
Whatever the case may be, all you got to do is go to our website, lvsportsnetwork.com. It's real simple, lvsportsnetwork.com. We have all of our podcasts. They're always available. They're super easy to get to, and, well, you can get everything. Of course, it's brought to you by Porta Subs. Six-foot party trays are perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh baked bread. Loaded with fresh veggie, veggie toppings and sauces. It'll feed up to 12 to 16 people. So make sure you get your order ahead. Portasubs.com. And 12 to 16 people is just about right. I like to have people at the house, especially on big games, watch games together and everything, have a good time, just kind of relax. After it's over 16 people, I start looking like, all right, man, what time are you leaving? <laughs> right? What time are you getting up out of here, man? That was cool. But I think it's time for you to go, right? 12 to 16 is about good, Ari, right? I think that's a that's a pretty good number. You are very generous. I think 12 uh, to 16 is good. Uh, get, when it gets to like three people, I'm kind of like, eh. Three people? <laughs> we have more than three people in the studio. Exactly. I'm like, get out. I need my space. You Actually, you know what? You ain't lying. That is I ain't. That, that, That's true. That is exactly what Ari does. He Man, a couple people get in the studio at one time, and this dude gets nervous. Man, I don't even like them. They're out here in the hallway talking. <laughs> Sometimes it's re- I could tell it's like an important thing. It's not just, you know, conversation. It's like, yeah, we whatever. You know, we got to get yeah. the show rolling. And I'm like, stop. The it's worst, all about me. The wor- No, you know what's funny? I'm glad you said that, though. The worst thing is when you're, sta- when you're in studio there in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, and where I stand normally, I'm at the back of the studio, I can see people coming down the hallway. So I see them coming. I'm thinking, okay, maybe they're they're going to no they're not oh they're slowing down oh damn the, and then they look through the window and it's like they stare at you <laughs> yes and then you feel like you're a fish like in a big you know like a, a big fish bowl and it's like what am i freaking finding nemo what the hell's going on in here couldn't agree more the visual <laughs> is actually almost worse than the uh it's almost worse to just see somebody yeah by it's like what's going it's on. like the it's like well old old folks like me will understand what I mean by this. It's like when you would uh the old Mervyn's commercial, open, open, open. It's like people standing in front of the window. Open, open, open. Ari, open the door. Hey man, that light above the door says on air. That means that we're on air. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear this. Yeah, there you that's go. That's what I that's what I hear. Someone tapping on the glass. The sound exactly. glass. Yeah, they start tapping on the glass. Are you hey, busy? What hey, do you Ari? think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing, Ari? Um, I don't know. I'm just doing a radio show. And the worst part of the whole thing is, even though we appreciate people coming down and being curious of what's going on, the worst part is Ari has to work with me. So whenever <laughs> someone is staring at him and he gets their attention or they get his attention and he starts looking over and looking over and looking over, then all of a sudden he's just like, he knows, he can tell by the look on my face that I'm getting irritated. Like, okay, what the hell's going on? But We're the, trying to do a show here. And so that's when I just kind of move my body so that they can see you directly in the camera. Right. Like, all right, get in front of Q and see how this goes for you. Right. We all know how this is going to end. Right? <laughs> you want to have a conversation right now or maybe we could wait? Right, right, right. No, that's that's the funniest. But, yeah, uh, that's exactly how it goes down. But, Ari, uh, this all came about because we were talking about Porter subs and 12 to 16 people for a party, which I think is great. Ari don't want to party. Man, he don't want to party more than two. Do like right? some Porta subs, though. So, <laughs> no, so maybe Port- that'll change my mind. There you go. Porta subs is fantastic. We definitely appreciate them. So, again, check out uh, any of the podcasts that we have on the shows, all of our shows, lvsportsnetwork.com. And like I said, shout out to Porta subs. We definitely appreciate them. And we appreciate you. We want to hear from you. 69187, keyword R&R. How are you feeling about this game? Everyone has picked the Buffalo Bills to win it. What about the Raiders? They can win it, right? Tell me why I'm wrong. Let me know about it. 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R. Justin Mello's up next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. 
And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.